Hello, everybody. These are previously recorded messages. I had a part two to the message that I did, the Mark of the Beast. And this one, hopefully it's going to be short because the other one was supposed to be short and it was long. So the Mark of the Beast, the part two, how do you identify? Something came to mind. They're usually never humble. The Mark of the Beast. They're never humble. They're never humble. I did not see it. Did y'all understand what I said in the last one? The mark of the beast. They're very seldom ever humble. They're not humble at all. It's always about what they have, who they are, who they know, where they've been, what they've acquired, the money that they have. They're rarely ever humble. Everything is about what they have, what they've got, where they've been, who they know. They're rarely ever humble. That is enough for the entire second part of this series. (laughs) That is enough. Hopefully you're learning from my mistakes because I didn't catch it. It was something that just kind of like leaped into my spirit, into my mind and was like, they're not humble. The mark of the beast is because they're never humble. That type of man would never admit his faults. He would never stand on the mistakes that he's made. He would never stand to you. He would never come to you and admit his fault. He will always bow out like a coward. He would never give you the satisfaction of knowing he was ever wrong. And I had to think about that. You think about sometimes you've been in situations with people and you get into that company and they're always ostracizing you or belittling you and always finding something wrong with you. And like I said, I'm from the backwoods of the South now in the backwoods of the South. And I didn't know that this was something that was apparent until I did therapy. And I remember in that session, the lady was telling me, I never forget it. She was like, why are you always, you know, apologizing? What, what, what do you, what do you, why are you explaining yourself? And I was like, whoa, okay. It's a bit intense here. And I said, well, um, she said, no, where are you from? Are you from here? Are you from? I said, yeah, I'm from, you know, and I told her, she said the backwoods of the South. She said, people tend to do that here. They tend to come up to you as if you owe them an explanation for who you are, where you are, what you have, how you got it. You know, you owe them that. And she said, isn't it amazing that when they walk into a room, you don't ask that of them? And I said, no, that's rude. Well, why are you explaining yourself then? Why you allow it? And I tell you, it was, it was then, it was another time that I was told the very same thing. Like, stop explaining yourself. You know, stop explaining yourself. So here, here we are, this guy, I meet him, 
I'm explaining why I'm celibate. He's laughing, asking me, well, how long you been on this website? And see the mark of the beast. They put themselves on the, on a pedestal all the time. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't have kids, but you have kids. Um, you, 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 this, you're that. It's always going to be something to make you question who you are and where you stand with God. The mark of the beast. See, it's not so much that they really care about you. It's what they're doing to you. Um, it's, it's, it's a psychological game, but honestly, it's really spiritual warfare. They come into your life as a means to shake things up. To pull you to the carpet, per se. Show you who you really are. You know? And and what they normally do is shake things up by putting things in front of you that you're not supposed to do. Or things that you have been delivered from. So then you want to ask about past relationships. Then you want to ask about, you know, your children and their father or... Um, say, for instance, you had to pass a drug use or um, alcohol use or prostitution or what else? Or um, you used to steal stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just throwing some stuff out there. You had a pass, basically. That person seems to know how to harp on certain things to bring you back to remembrance of what you did. And it was funny because by the time I got into the T.D. Jake sermons, this is a man who this guy said he um, admired T.D. Jakes. He listened to his sermons and everything. It was so amazing because I've been listening to him and several other pastors for years. And um, again, that was one thing that stood out to me. I was like, OK, he seems like a really good guy and this and that. And so anyway, what was funny is that. What was funny is that this guy, without saying very much, said, said just, just a few things, but it took me back and it made me think, maybe I'm not good enough. When we were talking about where we were from and we were from like pretty much the same area, like he was from South Carolina and from um, not from my hometown, but in a neighboring area, he knew my ex and my ex's family because they went to the same high school. And I said, immediately, so-and-so is going to say something about me mean. And what if they say something? And what if they talk about this or that? And immediately, here I am. Going back to closets that I have aired out. Crying over skeletons that are not there. Here I am. Going back to the graveyard of despair, of grief, of pain, of depression, and anxiety. Here I am going back there to the grave sites. Of things that have been buried. Trying to dig it all up. It was like, seriously? Are you crying over these things that do not longer, you know, no longer exist? Are you back here 
beating yourself down about stuff that you don't even do no more? You done had them thoughts. You hadn't been in none of them places. You hadn't been doing none of that. What you afraid of? Well, if he really knows that I had a past, will he really like me? That's the mark of the beast. See, the beast would have you to believe that there's nothing about you that can be loved or liked. I remember studying for my boards. And I remember my grandma, and I think I told this story. She was turning like 77, 76, somewhere up in there. And they'd have this big cookout at her house. And it was during the time I was studying for my boards. And I graduated in May of 2004. My grandma's birthday went until September. I had yet to take them during boards. First and foremost... The director, not director, chairperson of our department of nursing was a Dr. Westfall, I think her name was. I can't remember her name. But I remember that lady sat in her office and looked me dead in my face and said, I don't doubt you'll pass your boards the second time, but I will not allow you to test this summer to allow you time to go ahead and study because you'll be needing it. And I was like, wow. First of all, you ain't going to sign for me to take my board. <laughs> they don't sign all trap. I can't take my board. You ain't going to sign off for me to take it. And second, you're going to tell me I can't take it until the latter part of the year? Now, I graduated in May. It's money to be made. I'm sitting out, still going to test reviews in all, May, June, July, and here it is August. And she finally decides that, okay, you might be all right to test. But even though she signed off for me to test, she basically let me know, I don't feel like you were past the first time. Oh, it was such a heavy burden. Here I am at Grandma Cookout. I done sat there and I done went over about 50 million questions. I was just irritated and just spent, okay? I was so irritated. I am ready to live on my own and make my own money. I had not gave up my little apartment off campus. I had to move back home with my mama. And everybody looking around like, she's still here? She's still working as a nurse tech? Oh, I guess she probably ain't even passed her boards. Well, that was consensus of my mama family. Because when I got to the cookout, and I don't know what had occurred, people were talking and everything, and I never forget, it was one of my cousins, and my aunt standing there together, and um, I never forget that cousin looking at me when everybody was crying. I don't know what was going on. It was just a highly spirited time. Everybody crying and talking about stuff. I don't know what happened. And I was crying because I was really tired. I was so tired of all that studying and I was just ready to live my life and be on my own. And that person looked me dead in my face in my tears and said, some things aren't for some people. And I remember her mom pulling her away. 
And I looked up at her. And I thought to myself, but I hadn't even taken my boards. <laughs> I hadn't even attempted. And here you are, just like Westfall, counting me out. And um, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing that a lot of times people don't see anything in you that God sees in you. A lot of times you will go through life, or at least I have, and you have a promise that only you know about. You can't tell anybody about it. It's not something that, you know, you can share, but there's a promise there. And you know that it's just by the grace of God. It is. It's just by the grace of God. It's just by the grace of God that I cried that day. It's just by the grace of God that my other cousin, Dika, who's a chiropractor, who liked me out of a lot of people that don't. <laughs> I'm just joking, but she's one that liked me and liked me enough to pour into me um, instead of trying to rip me apart. She liked me enough to say, you know, their harvest is not your harvest. Their season is not your season. Their times are not your times. Just because other people in your class have failed don't mean you will. You have to believe in the promise of God. I took that in. I left what the other cousin said out, <laughs> okay? I took that in, and I left what she said out. And it's important. It's important to do that because you must understand when people come in and they say things and they, they, they rip you apart and they tear you apart, you must understand who you are and where you are. And most importantly, whose you are. You have a purpose, and sometimes the mark of the beast is that that person does not know that they're revealing to you that, you know, in spite of who God has said you are and what he has said is for you, they are coming in as an adversary. They are coming in to basically tell you it's not really for you. That's the mark of the beast. I don't know how to really explain it to you, but it's just something that happens where that person never really humbles themselves. They, a lot of times, um, will say things without really having any ground into it, any kind of truth to it. They assume a lot of stuff. They're very assertive. Um, they just don't really see, you know what I'm saying? They don't really assess the scene. It's kind of like I was saying about Columbo in, in the beginning, the person that, you know, you see, we see in the very beginning of his show, who commits the crime, right? Isn't it funny that the person that commits the crime always seems to hang around? Remember the book of Job? Remember the devil? Isn't it funny that that person always seems to hang around? And they always got something to say. Why? Because the beast cannot humble himself to hush. 
you know, they're going to always show you who they are to you because they can't shut up. They always got something they got to say. You know, it's, 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 it's plain as day, but it takes a lot. It takes a discerning spirit to pick it up. And it's so funny because that's how he honestly can tell who they are. Because it's like they taught themselves into telling. It's like, you know, if you committed the crime and something is here that just doesn't make sense. You basically help him solve the crime because you come back and you got to talk. Well, what do you mean there was something there? Don't you think that so-and-so could have happened and that this right here could have happened? And then in his head, he's thinking, how would you know that? And, and what would make you think of that? They always tell you who they are. The second part of the mark of the beast, be on the lookout. I can't tell you to be out here trying to blame everybody for being crazy and being, you know, disloyal and dishonest. But I can tell you this. If you pray to God and ask for a discerning spirit, if you pray to God and ask for a discerning spirit, and if you are in a place where you are just not always looking for something to go bad, but just aware of your surrounding and aware of who people are and who's around you, they'll show you. It's, it's really nothing that you have to do or you have to say. This, this person walked up to me out of nowhere. I'm crying, tears in my eyes. I, 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 you know, nobody knew what I was crying about. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. And this chick walks up and says, some things aren't for some people. It's amazing. Because again, the beast will never humble himself. He will always show you who, who, who he really is. You ever had a family member, aunt or uncle or cousin or auntie that ever talk down to you and say things to you out of the way? Um, tell you you're not smart. You're really not that smart. Um, you ain't nothing. You this, you're that. Have you ever noticed that when you were winning, have you ever noticed how that person can't seem to come around or they don't want to be around you? They don't. One thing about the beast is that they will never humble themselves to admit that they were wrong. They're just waiting for you to trip up. They're waiting for that one time that you, you know, miss that phone call and get fired from your job. <laughs> They're waiting for you to get caught up in some foolishness with somebody else's husband. They're waiting for you to, uh, what can I say? They're waiting to see you back on them cigarettes. They're waiting to see you with that beer can in your, in your hand. They're waiting for you to mess up. The beast will never humble himself. He will never humble himself and come to you and admit that he was wrong. They'll never come to you. They're never going to really rejoice with you and celebrate you in anything that you do. But they'll wait. They will wait. I remember something funny about this whole thing, and then I'm going to let you go because... 
It's just amazing how God reveals things. I, I never will forget how when I did pass my boards, I never did get a congratulations from that person. They never said nothing. Um, when I got my house, no congratulations, no nothing. Um, but what I did get was things said about me and how I got my house and stuff like that that weren't true. But here it is, 10 or so odd years later, I get pregnant out of wedlock to a man that don't want to take care of his kids, don't want to do what he's supposed to do. And I got twins. And all of a sudden, these people came back around. They started hanging around, wanting to talk to me, be around me. And I had somebody say, you know, that's God bringing everybody back together. And I said to myself, that's strange. They didn't celebrate with me. Why are they here now? I'm going to leave on that note. I want you to think about that. Shine bright.